Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Lamentations chapter 3. Reading from verse 19, it's a familiar passage of Scripture. And I just pray that God will speak to us today. Special welcome to those online. It's great to have you with us today. And I pray that you too would experience the presence of God as we, as we have been this morning. Uh, Lamentations chapter 3, reading from verse 19. The Word of God says, I remember my affliction and my wandering. This is Jeremiah speaking. The bitterness and the gall, I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. We're not consumed for His compassions never fail. Then you every morning great is your faithfulness. So I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore I will wait for Him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him. To the one who seeks Him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of our Lord. And so Father, we thank You that we can gather this morning. And we thank You for Your Spirit and presence that is here. Father, we recognize that your word is powerful and your word has the power to speak into our current circumstances and situations. Let this word come alive to each and every one of us. Let it remind us of some foundational truths about who you are and what you want to do in our hearts and lives even today. Father, we thank you that it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Speak by the Holy Spirit, I pray. Let your gifts be in operation. A spirit of wisdom and revelation, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're hungry for the word of God. How many people are hungry for a word from the Lord? Amen. Just pray. One of the things I pray every time I hear a sermon is, Lord, just speak to me. Just speak to me. And, and I know that as we pray that prayer that God will. I want to speak this morning on the subject of the faithfulness of God. Uh, I just feel like we need to be reminded of uh, some really important truths um, that, um, that, uh, of our faith, even in these times. We're living in some really in- interesting times. There's uncertainty, upheaval, frustration. Um, and all of this kind of uh, can start to raise some questions in our hearts and in our lives about, about our faith. Where is God? What are you doing, God? You know, when, when is this all going to come to an end? Um, and I want us to be reminded that no matter what we're experiencing, no matter what we're thinking or feeling as a nation or even individually, that God is a faithful God. Um, you know, so often we can be going through all of this as a, as a, as a nation and, and so on. But, you know, people may be still be going through individual uh, situations and what's happening in our nation can just, can just multiply whatever's happening in our own lives individually. If we try and understand the difficult seasons in life, it can sink us further into despair. Uh, Asaph said, when I tried to understand all of this, it was oppressive to me. The more I tried to understand what was going on and, and what was happening around me, it actually uh, caused me to sink even further into despair. 
In life, there will be situations that don't make any sense. What is going to help us through those times is a revelation of the faithfulness of God. What is going to help us through those difficult times is to be reminded of the reality that we serve a faithful God, that God is reliable, that He is constant, that He can be depended on. He's there day in and day out, year in and year out. He's persistent. He's available. He doesn't change. People change, circumstances change. People make promises and they don't fulfill their promises. But we serve a God who doesn't change. You can still say an amen. <laughs> Moses, to Moses, God said, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. He is slow to anger. He's abounding in love and faithfulness. He's abounding in faithfulness. Psalm 89 says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I'm going to tell one generation after another, listen, God is a faithful God. God is a faith. And even when you don't think it or feel it or believe it, I want you to know that God is a faithful God. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you establish your faithfulness in heaven itself. Faithfulness was established in heaven. The faithfulness of God. Hebrews 13 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So often we can believe for the yesterday. We can we read the word and we go, well, that happened back there. And, and then we can think about tomorrow. We know that one day we're going to be in glory. It's the today we have trouble with. It's the today in my own life that we have trouble with. It's today in the circumstances that I'm facing. But we need to be reminded that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and shall be forevermore. Can I hear an amen? amen. All of us at some point in life are going to experience some crises of faith where, where what we believe about God and, what, and our experience of God is not always going to match. Abraham had one of those experiences, but notice what got him through. Hebrews says, by faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. In other words, what got him through was a promise of God, but it wasn't just the promise of God. It was because he believed that God was faithful, that the one who made the promise was faithful. And if God said it, it means he's going to do it in the name of Jesus. What helped him through the crisis was a knowledge of the faithfulness of God. All throughout the Bible, we see examples of God's faithfulness. God was faithful to Abraham, to Joseph, to David, to Job, to Daniel, to Ruth, Naomi, Esther, Paul, Peter. God, God was, was faithful to all of these guys. I think about Joseph and, and even King David who, who, you know, God calls them and, and they have this vision and they have a dream and, and, and God, is, God is, has spoken to them very, very clearly. And then the next minute they're thrown into a turmoil. They're, they're in a crisis. They're in, they're in a difficulty. They're in a valley and and you know it's not like it just lasted a month or a six months or a year you know it was 13 years before Joseph became number 13 years 13 years David spent 13 years on the run from King Saul you know and what got them through was the faithfulness of God it's the faithfulness of God. God is a faithful God. Some of us have been going through something for a week or two or a month and we go, God, where are you? You know, what are you doing, God? Just I want you to be reminded this morning that we serve a faithful God and that God will show himself faithful in our lives. 
There's someone who had a revelation of the faithfulness of God. It was Jeremiah. It was the faithfulness of God that helped him navigate a tough season in his life. And it's a revelation of the faithfulness of God. It's a reminder of the faithfulness of God that will help us navigate to tough seasons in our own life. Let's dive into the text a little further. In the text we read, we find Jeremiah in a cave overlooking the city of Jerusalem. From the cave, Jeremiah sees the city of Jerusalem destroyed and he's, and he's weeping. Solomon's temple had been destroyed. The palaces built by David were now a pile of rubble. Uh, the people had been taken into captivity by the Babylonians. Jeremiah is weeping because all of this could be avoided. I mean, Jeremiah saw all of this coming. He, he warned the people again and again to turn back to God. But the people of Israel didn't listen to him. They refused to repent. And now the city of Jerusalem was completely destroyed. Things couldn't get any worse for Jeremiah. He feels like God has abandoned him. He's alone in a cave and he's weeping over the city of Jerusalem. Chapter three, Jeremiah expresses how he's feeling. I, I, I love it. He's, he's, uh, he's kind of just talking about exactly what, what's going on in his life. And, and maybe there are people here, even here this morning that might resonate with some of the things that he's saying. He's saying, I'm the man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me. And again and again, all day long, he has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He's besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. Chapter 3 just is, is Jeremiah expressing exactly what he's feeling on the inside. Then we get to verse 19. As we read in our text, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast with it. He's reflecting, he's remembering, and he's downcast. He's depressed, he's down. The interesting thing about Jeremiah was, Jeremiah was obedient to God. Jeremiah was called by God. He warned the people. They rejected the message. You know, Jeremiah was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. He's exactly where God wanted him to be. And nevertheless, he was in this cave. He was in this difficulty. What did he do to deserve all of this? What, what did he do wrong? What, why was God testing him like this and treating him like this? I'm sure there are people here today that can relate to how Jeremiah was feeling. I'm sure there are people here that can relate to some of the, the emotions that Jeremiah was experiencing, even as he expressed it in the book of Lamentations. Jeremiah is thinking about how bad his situation is and, and he sinks further and further into despair. You know, Jeremiah was going through a difficult time and, and, and you know, fair enough, some of the things that he was, he was experiencing, certainly the emotions, the sentiment that he was experiencing was, was well-founded, but it's amazing how quickly we can sink into despair. C.H. McIntosh once wrote, 10,000 mercies are forgotten in the presence of a single trifling moment. How true that is. You know, that, that, that God can do so many things in our lives, but, but one situation, one circumstance can, can, can cause us to dive into despair so quickly. How soon we can, we can doubt the presence of God. But as we read in the text, we find that all of a sudden something begins to change. He stops thinking about himself. He starts to turn his attention towards God. And he says, yet this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. We're not consumed. His compassions never fail. Then you every morning, great is your faithfulness. He's re he remembers the faithfulness of God. What I love about this affirmation is that it's not based on what he sees. It's based on what he knows. 
It's, it's not based on what he sees before him. It's based on his knowledge of God. What he's seeing is a city turned, burned by fire. A temple that's destroyed. People that have been killed. Others taken into captivity. That's what he's seeing and that's what he's experiencing. Yet, yet he makes a statement not based on what he sees, but what he knows to be true. The Bible tells us that we're not a people that walk by sight. We walk by faith. We, 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 we don't walk by what we see, we walk by faith because what we see does not always speak the truth to us. We're a people of faith. And, and, and here we see Jeremiah who was able to look beyond the circumstances that he was and he starts to remember the faithfulness of God. He starts to remember who God was and what God had done. And, and, and it began to stir something in his heart. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. What's going to help us through those difficult times is a revelation of the faithfulness of God. It's a reminder of the faithfulness of God. It's a reminder that God is a gracious God, that God is, that, that, that God is, that God is an amazing God, that God is all-powerful, that God is going to see me through. The Bible has so much to say about the faithfulness of God. Let me give you at least four promises that relate to the faithfulness of God. I could give you more, but, but here's, here's four. Firstly, the Bible says that God is faithful to strengthen and to protect us. Bible says in Thessalonians, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. All of us are aware, maybe we're aware or not aware, we're involved in a spiritual battle. Those unseen spiritual forces come against like a flood. They're there to crush us, to stop us from trusting God, to stop us from knowing God. But God is faithful. The Bible says the enemies come to kill, steal and destroy and, and he's relentless in coming against us. But listen, listen, listen to what the Word of God says because sometimes we can be consumed by that. But the Word of God says, but the Lord is faithful. He, he will strengthen and protect us from the evil one. He, he's the one that will protect us from every attack of the evil one. The Bible says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. It's the Spirit of the Lord that shall come against him in the name of Jesus. We're not on our own. We're not fighting this battle on our own. We need to be reminded that we have someone fighting with us and for us. Can I hear an amen? When Paul was, writes to the young Thessalonian church, they were undergoing all kinds of persecution. And, and Paul reminds them that God was faithful and that he would strengthen and protect them. Jesus said this, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Um, I, I love that because it reminds us again that we are like sheep. How many people know that sheep are some of the most intelligent animals on the face of the earth? And they, are you laughing? Just give me a yes, a little wave. Yes, thank you. Sheep, and the Bible, and the Bible reminds us that we are like sheep. I mean, that's not an encouraging thing, you know. Uh, at least it would have said we're like lions or something a bit more, you know, like a bit more powerful. You know, that would have been great. But anyway, uh, but we are like sheep. Um, but you know what? What gives us strength is we've got a shepherd. 
You know, the Lord is my, my shepherd, I shall not want. It, it reminds us that, that we need a shepherd and we have a shepherd. And, and I love what Jesus is using this kind of analogy that, 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 that to, to, to speak about us. He's not speaking about sheep and shepherd. He's speaking about the church of Jesus Christ. And he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. That when, we, when then we stay connected to the shepherd, we will never perish and neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. You know, uh, the wolf always wants to come and, 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 and snatch that sheep that's kind of wandering off. But under the eye of the shepherd, we are protected. God is faithful to protect us and to strengthen us. Number two, God is faithful not to, treat, not to test us beyond our limits. Uh, I, I, I love this. Paul says in the, to the Corinthians, it's a, it's a scripture that we should memorize. It says, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted or tested beyond what you can bear. But when you are tested, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. I don't know, but that's a promise for someone here today. That God, that God is going to see you through. I know there are times in, in my own life where, where I, I said to God, I can't do this. I can't get through this one. This burden is too big. This one is beyond me. Scripture encourages us because it says that God is faithful. He will not give us something that we cannot handle. He's going to see us through by the grace of God. No matter what you're going through today, God, God, God is faithful. He's given you the resources. He's given you the ability. He's given you the power of the Holy Spirit to help you navigate. He's given you wisdom. He's given you the church of Jesus Christ to help you navigate whatever circumstance you're going through. And some of us need to get a hold of that promise. Some of us need to get a hold of that promise and we need to start to declare it by faith in the name of Jesus because I don't know about you, but there are times in my own life where it does feel like this one here is gonna bring me down. And it's in those moments we need to declare, but God is faithful. No, but wait a minute, but God is faithful. He will see you through. Third way, the Bible describes God as faithful as faithful to forgive. God is faithful to forgive. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that God is faithful to forgive us. So many people carry guilt and condemnation. When the Bible reminds us that He has forgiven us by His grace and for His glory. So often we struggle to receive the forgiveness from God. So often we struggle to forgive ourselves. But, but the Bible is clear that God is faithful, that when we confess our sins, He forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Micah says this, Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of His inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will treat, tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea, to the depths of the deepest ocean. So often we struggle to forgive ourselves and, 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 and we, we need to be reminded of of the reality and the truths of God. Our relationship with God and our standing with God is not based upon how we feel or what's going on inside of us. Our relationship with God should be based on His character and His Word. And His Word says that He is faithful to forgive us. 
fourth way that God shows his faithfulness to us is through his calling on our lives. Paul says, faithful is he that has called you and he shall do it. Faithful is he that has called you and he shall do it. The one who has a plan and a purpose for your life is a faithful God. No one can frustrate the plans of God in your life and my life. No one can change that which God has ordained for your life. God is in control and he will see us through in Jesus' name. We can rest in the knowledge that, that what he's promised is gonna bring to pass in Jesus' name. The Bible says in the Psalms, the Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. He's, he's faithful to his promises that what he has said, what he has spoken over our hearts and over our lives will come to pass in Jesus' name. The Lord doesn't make promises and then change his mind. He's a faithful God. People make promises and then, and then they don't come to pass. But, 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 but God's promises to us uh, are, uh, are gonna come to pass in the name of Jesus. Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. What he, what he has said he shall do, what, what he has promised shall come to pass. It's a great promise. If he says something, uh, something uh, is gonna come to pass, then it will. God is faithful to fulfill that which he has promised in our lives. So what do we do in the trial? So what do we do when, when, when we're going through a difficult time in our lives? What, what do we do? The question for, for us is there. And as we look at Jeremiah and the situation, uh, what gave him hope was the faithfulness of God. It was the faithfulness of God. But the reality was nothing had changed. Everything was still the same. So what did Jeremiah do? Bible tells us he did three things. It's the kind of things that we can do when, when we're going through those challenges, when we, like Jeremiah, are, are faced with a whole bunch of situations, what can we do? The first thing Jeremiah says is, I will hope in the Lord. Verse 24 says, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will hope in Him. In other words, because God is faithful, I, I will put my hope in Him. I will put my hope in him. He, he makes a decision in the, in the midst of this trial. He makes a decision with his conscious mind. I'm going to decide to hope in God. And when we're going through some of those challenges in our life, when, we, when, we, when we're faced with some of those situations that, that, are, that are before us, one of the things that we need to do is make a decision deep in our spirits. You know what? I, I don't understand everything that's going on, but I'm going to hope in God. I'm going to put my hope in God. We, we've, we've got to decide, you know, there's all this stuff that's happening in our, in our nation, in our city, in our world, you know, we're all feeling kind of unsettled and what's going on and what's going to happen next. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm just astounded. I remember last year, you know, navigating that whole COVID season and, and you know, we, we would, as a leadership team, we would get to a certain point and we think, oh, now we've settled. We can just kind of sit here and, and just ride this thing out. And then next week, something else would happen. And the government would come out with a new restriction and, you know, then you you can't do this and then it's four square meters and then it's three square meters and then it's two square meters and we're forever changing and shifting and and you know I thought this was all behind me I, I we, we thought oh it's all gone it's finished we've we've navigated the the the, the worst of this what else can change we, we know what to do right now and and, and, and then the last three, four weeks, it just, it's been like dominoes one after the other. You've got it. And here we are. And I can't see your faces. <laughs> 
And here we are. Well, what's next? We, 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 we're going to handcuff our hands. I mean, what, what, what is, what's, what's the next restriction they're going to do? What, what, what's the next thing that's going to happen? And, and it kind of feels like, you know, it's just one thing after another. And there's this sense of being unsettled. And it kind of can remind us to get, get, a, get our eyes off of, we start to get our eyes off of God and, and start to get our eyes off of what, on what's happening around us and what's going on. But we need to remind, be reminded that we serve a God, that our hope is in God. Jeremiah in the midst of this says, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to, the Lord is my portion and, and he says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. David said, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. What gives us hope in a hopeless situation is the God that we serve is a God that can help us. He can create things into being simply by speaking them into being. He can take us from the prison into the palace like he did with Joseph. He can make a way through the sea where there is no way like he did with the people of Israel. He can pull down a city like he did for Joshua. He can defeat a mighty army with just a lantern and a trumpet and a pitcher like he did for Gideon. He can heal a man of leprosy simply by dipping himself into a river. He can kill giants. He can deliver us while we're in a burning furnace. He can shut the mouths of lions. He can humble the proud, anoint the weak. He can heal a blind man by spitting inside mud putting it on their eyes and they can be healed he can open prison doors he can set people free from spiritual oppression he can raise the dead that's what gives us hope we serve a God that can do above and beyond whatever we could ask or ever imagine whatever we can imagine is is God can do way beyond all of that we put our hope in God and it's the knowledge that if God did it in the past he can do it again Micah said this, but as for me, I I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. So it's it's a declaration of faith. I'm going to wait for God. My hope is in God. Second thing Jeremiah says is I will wait on the Lord. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. Wait for the Lord, says David. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is so hard to do because I fret over what's happening. We fret over what's happening. Hope leads us to wait on the Lord to see God fulfill the things that he has declared. Andrew Murray said this, all the exercises of the spiritual life, our reading, our praying, praying and willing and doing have their very great value, but they can go no further than this, that they point the way and prepare us in humility to look to and depend on God himself If alone in patience, wait for his timing alone. It's waiting for God to operate in our lives. Isaiah said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not be faint. Waiting is a a discipline. It's a discipline of the Christian life. I read my Bible. I pray. I come to church. I worship. And, and I wait on God. Waiting is a, is a discipline of the Christian life. I learn to wait on God. Oh, but I think I've got to do. And yes, we do need to do certain things. There are things that we need to do in our lives that God will never do for us. Uh, and we need to take responsibility. But there's, once we've done everything we can that we know God wants us to do, there's a, there's a, there's a discipline in learning to wait on God. Learning to wait on the timing of God. It's a spiritual discipline that says, you know what, God, I know that at the right time, you're going to speak. 
and you're going to minister and you're going to move. Third thing Jeremiah says is, I will seek the Lord. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Hoping in the Lord leads to waiting on the Lord and to seeking the Lord. The Bible says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Hope on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Seek the Lord. Jeremiah went from a position of despair to being reminded of the faithfulness of God, to hoping God, to waiting on God, and to seeking God. God is faithful and I will seek him. And I will see him fulfill his promise. All of us are going through a challenging season in our city and in our nation. And there may be some of you here today, you're going through a challenging season in your own life. Forget what's happening in the world. Something's going on in your own life. What, what, can, what will help us through? What will help us through? What we need to be reminded of in these times is that God is a faithful God. That God is in control. That God is sovereign. That God is above every circumstance. That God, is a, is, is, that God doesn't change. It's not like God was one type of God last week, last year. You know, things have changed. He's not quite the same as He used to be. No, God is the same yesterday. He shall be today and shall be forevermore in the name of Jesus. He's not changing. He doesn't change. His character doesn't change. The same God that made a way for the people of Israel through the Red Sea is the same God that can make a way for you, whatever it is that you're going through in the name of Jesus. He's the same God that was faithful to His promises to Joshua. He said to Joshua, Joshua said, not one of all of His good promises uh, has not been fulfilled. All of them have come to pass. And God has made some promises in some of your lives and you're doubting. You're doubting whether that was God or not. I want you to know that God is faithful to His promises. He's gonna see you through in the name of Jesus. He's gonna see you through in the name of Jesus. God is a faithful God. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. You're a faithful God. God is faithful to strengthen and protect. He's gonna protect you from harm. In the name of Jesus, He's going to protect you. He's not going to allow you to go through a trial which is beyond you. He's going to forgive us. He's going to protect the call of God on our lives. Story about a man called Thomas Chisholm. He was born in 1866 and grew up in a Christian home, had a desire to go into the ministry, pastored a church in Kentucky where he served faithfully. 1916, he was released from the church because he was too sick. He had a respiratory problem and his voice wasn't loud enough. After the leaving the ministry, he began selling brushes door to door to sustain his family. History shows that he walked the muddy, rocky road of Kentucky year after year after year selling these brushes. He was someone who wrote poems and wrote songs. And one of the great songs that he wrote is, Great is Thy Faithfulness. He was a man who had broken physical health Every day, just walking, selling brushes. Had this dream of the ministry that was kind of shattered. And then he writes this song, Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord unto me. Then there's another verse that says, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. 
blessing all mine with 10,000 beside. I, I, I pray this morning that we would be encouraged by this word. That God is a faithful God. Some of you may be going through something this morning and you're wondering, you're wondering, you're wondering. As we're looking about what's happening, you know, how many cases today? How many cases were there today? You know, and what's happening today? What's the next restriction? Are we going to go into another lockdown? Or is it going to be a lock-up? I don't know, one of the two. That was funny. Come on, it's a good time to laugh. Thank you for laughing. Thank you. What's going to happen next? There's so much uncertainty. But in the midst of everything that's happening around us, let's be reminded of the faithfulness of God. Will you stand with me?